1: all right welcome back to another episode of the nick state of mind podcast i'm your host chip murphy here today with the whole crew, it's Danny Small and Matt Castillo. Guys, thanks for being on here with me. Danny's got his jet shirt on, we were just saying before. Mike White's Jets picking up a huge win. How do you feel about that one, Danny?
0: Love it, love it. I was it. big, you know, I mean, not like I had huge expectations coming to this Jets here, but um, anytime you beat a team like that, like a decent team, feels make, makes Monday go a little bit easier.
1: Yeah, it was a great win. Great to see uh, a quarterback for the Jets come in and throw for 400 yeah. yards. First jet quarterback since Vinny Testaverdi. Yeah. Just... This is this is
0: really a Jets podcast. Like disguised yes, this as is, this, is
1: po- this is a Jets pod. This is a lot of things besides a Knicks podcast. Yeah, yeah. Been
2: Recently. He's uh he's, he's the uh this generation's he's gonna be this generation's Glenn Foley. They're all gonna be begging <laughs> yeah. for him to start <laughs> And if you've listened
1: to a Nick's podcast, you probably recognize that voice of our guest today. That is very special guest, the co-host of Pod Strickland, uh, Shwinny Poo, making his first appearance on the pod long overdue. Thanks for coming on, man.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think there's only one place to start right now, and uh, that is with RJ Barrett. Yeah. Just had his career night we haven't had a podcast since the pelicans game and just went off 35 points career high he was fantastic the knicks improved to five and one uh tied for first in the east Schwin, your impressions of rj
2: coming off that game uh i mean i think it's like uh it's the culmination of like all the different things he's been incrementally improving uh, over the last couple of years, you know, like um, we know the, sh- the shot got a lot of attention last year. I mean, justifiably. So what he shot, like, I think it was something crazy like 44% over the last 60 something games. I don't remember what it was. It was something bananas like that. I think 61 games, last 61 games. Um, obviously shot over 40% from three for the year. Uh, the finishing was still not that great, but like you could see the improvements in his handle. Obviously we know, over the summer they made a pretty big deal about like or not day but he rather and drew hanlon his trainer they basically talked about like how they wanted to improve his off the dribble shooting um and you could see that a little bit in some of the highlights that he had with team canada where he was shooting some step backs we saw him pull on a few of those uh over the first few games but it hadn't it hadn't quite dropped for him yet um but we saw it against new orleans and you know i'm not like insane like look I, i'm not saying that we should start you don't need to start like penciling him in for you know 25 5 and 5 every night but uh i, I think you're gonna get a couple more games like this maybe five or six this year uh not i do not know what the numbers but like where you're gonna see the kind of off the dribble shooting that is really what you need to to develop into a high-end star wing in this league uh i think you're gonna start seeing more of that as the season goes along more frequently. And, um, you know, more than that, I just think it like you could just see it, it, it was a whole package, right? It wasn't just like the off the dribble shooting in isolation. It was how that like elevated other areas of his game uh, that we have already known exist, but hasn't he hasn't necessarily been able to get to all the time because he's not an off the dribble shooter. Um, like we know he's obviously a really good passer uh, in pick and roll and finding ro- the bigs in the roll and, and, you know, lobs and all that kind of stuff. But we really, really saw how like he can potentially take over a game if that off the dribble shooting comes up. Because once that came, once that started popping, they had no chance, really. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys listen to the Pelicans broadcast at all, but uh, at one point they were actually talking about like, yeah, like you know, if he's shooting like this, like you, you're going to have to top lock him when he comes off the screens. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that is basically a coverage that you run for like the elite wing star shooter types in the nba like that's basically i mean i'm sure you guys probably remember this but there was that uh warriors clipper series back when kd was still on the warriors where like he like weirdly didn't do anything in the second half of the game and they lost they gave up like a 25 point lead or something and they asked him about it after and he talked about like oh they're top locking me and everybody fucking went crazy because they're like oh my god kd's so smart which like wow dude like he plays the nba and he knows the coverage of mm-hmm. course um but like they were top locking him and that's a coverage that is basically used to eliminate shooters coming off of curls like you even do that for guys like jj reddick and stuff like that but um the fact that you're even hearing <laughs> opposing broadcasters talk about that with relation to rj barrett in year three of his career uh i mean that's that's wild and just shows you the kind of progress he's made as a shooter. And also just like the kind of damage he can do when not just shooting, but when you have to respect his shooting so much that it allows him to get downhill with frequency. And like, I mean, he he just absolutely killed them in that game, uh, both as a shooter. And also just like, I mean, how many bigs did he dime up in that game? It was like, I think five, he had to dodge and and Mitch, and they were all bunnies, you know, like they were all Mm -hmm. just like the highest quality shots you could want.
1: He just makes the smart play now all the time. I feel like he hardly ever makes mistakes anymore. For such a young kid, it's so impressive the way he plays now. And this, th- you talk about the the shooting strides that he's made in year three. It's a guy who he shot sixty percent from the free throw line as a rookie. There was so much concern about his shot when he came into the league, especially coming out of Duke. It's, it's
2: and he insane shot what
1: strides he's made. He's he so hasn't shot
2: well from the free throw line, uh, even going back to his. High school yeah. days, too. Yeah. So, like, it was like a long sample where you're like, hey, look, like, I mean, and let's be real, like, RJ Barrett has had probably, like, the best training you can possibly have yes. from a young age. Mm-hmm. So, like, there, it was a legitimate concern, like, hey, look, like, what's the ceiling for this kid? But, um, I mean, I thought by the end of his rookie season, you could see, like, the game had slowed down for him from what it was at the start of the year it wasn't that he was he was still not a good NBA player like I, I thought the entire conversation around him as a rookie was like I it didn't really make any sense to me um and it's kind of funny seeing how people talked about his rookie year versus like how people then talked about Anthony Edwards rookie year last year where it was like oh like you can like like he, he look at all the stuff that he can do and it's like yeah like I agree like there's all this amazing stuff Anthony Edwards can do but like he's not good yet like just because he can like But when it was R.J. Barrett, it was just like, well, he can't do anything. He sucks. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Like, it feels like he can do a lot of things, but he's just not doing them well yet. And I mean, that's what it is, right? Like the first two years. Okay. The first year he couldn't shoot. Wasn't really that great of a ball handler uh, and wasn't a good finisher at the rim. Like, those are all fair things to say. Second year uh, handles a little bit better, uh, gets to the rim with a little bit more efficiency, but still a pretty bad finisher. Uh, but improves drastically as a shooter, specifically from the corners this year. It's like, he's shooting more. Uh, I would, it's hard. I don't want to say he's shooting just as well or better yet or whatever, but like, you know, the sample is so small, right? It's been six games, but like he's 38 and a half percent from three. So the shot, I buy the shot. I think it's there. I think it's going to be there. Um, and obviously the, the sample size on finishing is small too, but like now all of a sudden you're saying, wow, like, is he a good finisher now? And if he's a good finisher now, like, what do you do with this guy? Because I mean he's been able to get to the rim in the NBA even before anybody had to respect and play up on his shot. So if he can finish now all of a sudden like I don't really know what you do with him uh but he's basically the prototype wing that like any team in the NBA would want especially given the fact that you know you touched on this just now. He can def- like I mean his defense is pretty much awesome like I don't really know what else to say other than that like if there's a criticism of his defense it's basically that he gets back cut sometimes which is like it's fair it's fair criticism to bring up but I mean that's really it like we've seen him now already through six games he's locked up guys like Tatum, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine like this is not some guy who's like I mean we even saw in preseason and I thought last year even like he Bradley Beal had trouble with him you know uh there was the game in L.A where Kawhi had a lot of Kawhi couldn't really handle him, uh, which showed growth considering like Kawhi gave him a bit of work uh, in the game earlier that season at the garden. But like, you know, I mean, this, I don't really know what it seems like weird how guarded people are in talking about his upside and potential and what he can be. But it's like, to me, I just look at him and I'm like, well, why won't he be a multiple time all-star? Like, I'm just struggling to understand it, especially if, you know, you assume the finishing is, you know, I'm it's probably not going to stay at what, what it's like 74% or something like really that. High. Really yeah. High. I mean, yeah. even if it comes down to like 65%, you figure the mid range will be better than it is right now. Um, Like I don't see this massive likelihood of significant regression. Um, And really like, I think he's a pretty, at a pretty stable base as a player. Like, I mean, I, I he's not doing anything to me that I'm watching and I'm like, well, no way he can ever like, no way he can repeat that for a full season. You know, I just don't see it.
0: I think one of the things too, and you guys kind of touched on this, when you're talking about like his offensive package, like growing. And like, obviously this, this finishing at the rim is big chip. You're talking about kind of like the mental aspect, uh, but maybe it's just recency bias because he's playing so well, but it looks like he's just so much stronger than so many guys now where last year it was like, he was kind of on, I felt like he was on equal footing with a lot of guys at his position, Rookie year, you know, he was strong, but this year it's like he's just—he's asserting himself. He's taking space with his body defensively. You see how he's able to use his body and not foul. He's not taking the bait on, you know, like that DeRozan shot, uh, the pump fake at the end. Like he's—he's staying on his feet. He just—it seems like he's just so solid all the way around that, like you said before, Chip. Like he just—he's not making any mistakes. And when you have, you know, Kemba Walker, maybe in those early games struggling a little bit, you got Randall who's been a little like, I don't want to criticize Randall too much, but he's been up and down. Uh, I thought obviously playing through RJ at the end of that New Orleans game was like a no brainer uh, instead of, you know, how Tibbs usually will just like lean on Randall in those set- situations. I think it just goes to show you how much Tibbs trusts him now and how much he's come in the last two, three years. Uh, just the fact that, you know, end of the game there, Tibbs, just everything was running through RJ and everything was working because he just, whether it's, you know, stepping back and hitting that three or taking it to the rim and then hitting one of those like little wraparound passes to Taj was like, he just, he always had the right move at the right spot.
3: Yeah. And I apologize for jumping into it now. Uh, but I had, a, I had a little issue right before we started recording with uh, the radio station. Some of my promos were not firing, so there was dead air when they were coming through. So as simple as changing it to the right format would have worked the first time, and I couldn't figure it out. And for the life of me, I'm like, I don't know what I did. It was in the wrong format. So I got that sent over to them so they could stop freaking out now. So I apologize for jumping right back into it, but, you know, watching the game that RJ Barrett had the other night and, and seeing him really be the guy that kind of took over when that game got tight you can see he never hesitated he, he 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 wanted the ball he was not thinking about that shot the three point shot that he hit you know as it was getting late into that game just let it just let it fly um you know was not the best free throw shooter but yet still willing to go to the line, try to take those shots at the end of the game. Um, I I just think about really over the last year, year and a half, of the the slander for R.J. Barrett, right? Like doesn't get included in the list of, you know, guys under the age of 25, whatever that list was a couple months back, things like that.
0: It's every, it's a 2,500. Yeah. It's like every, every every kind of list. Yeah. yeah, He's just, he's
3: just always kind of left out of it. And the thing that I kind of find impressive is not once he complains about it. You know, how some guys will go, I mean, like, like, you know, Tyler hero was just in the headlines a couple of weeks ago saying that he should be mentioned with like Booker and Tatum and things like that. You know, they, they always have a comment on it. Barrett really hasn't said anything. He just goes out there. He and said play. that, or someone else said that. I mean, hero? He, he yeah, said hero something said, about
2: Trey yeah. and Luca.
1: I think.
3: Yeah, uh, Trey and Luca. Yeah, excuse oh. me. It's somebody <laughs> yeah. along the lines of that. They were their big names, exactly. That yeah, he, he said I, I like some.
0: Yeah, I feel like I deserve yeah. to be talked like with right. them or something like that. Oh, God.
3: And, <laughs> something along the lines of that. But the point is, like, somebody always mentions something, right? R.J. Barrett hasn't said a damn word. He just goes out of place, and at this point, fine. Keep letting him fly under the radar. Keep not talking about him. Keep saying that he's overrated
0: because he definitely hears seen, it. Because I mean, exactly, I he's, he's still pissed about not making all rookie. But doesn't uh, he
3: doesn't complain? Yeah, he just no. Goes but he goes out there but and it, continues to to go to work. Part of and, that chip on you know his what?
0: shoulder.
3: You know, I I think I I hope everybody keeps sleeping on him because the guy has done nothing but continue to take steps and steps, and you know. I shared this somewhat with uh, you and uh, you and Danny Chip a couple of weeks back, where I was talking about uh, some of the players at, at uh, the school that I attend uh, that are on the basketball team there, and they were talking about young players and things like that. And yeah, you know, they were talking about um, Cam Reddish and all these guys. And as they got to these young players, they they were. I was sitting in line trying to get a sandwich, right, like right before my class, and and I'm listening to them, and I'm trying really hard not to be that weird guy to join in somebody's conversation that I was not, you know, involved with. But they crossed the line when they got to RJ Barrett, and said, "Oh, he's overrated. He's not that good." And and, and that's when I had to stop in, and, and I, I mean, they're they're telling me Cam Reddish is a better player than him. And, and i i looked at that and i said look i hope y'all can play basketball better than what you know about the game of basketball because do you, that, that do is, you
0: teach ben steiner
3: I, I i'm just a pure stupidity of it and, and Reddish that's all better I can than say. barrett I, it's all it's all i can say just keep keep sleeping on him the guy's just getting better and better i mean every aspect that we we could want he has improved um and and now has kind of put in maybe he, he's that guy that can be one of our closures down the stretch of a game he was unbelievable against the pelicans the other night and thank god for him because we have seen the last you know first few games at the celtics we didn't close that game well out on opening night uh then we made things really interesting against the bulls down the stretch uh, and the pelicans started you know giving that that late push there but rj barrett just wasn't going to have any of it took over that game when it really mattered and All I can say is keep sleeping on him. That's fine with me because he's going to continue to get better and better and just go to work and improve every single night. And uh, it's a lot of fun to watch him, watch him, you know, go out there. And again, I always think about those Nick fans that were calling him a bust after the first summer league game. It's just, you know, it's, what do they think now? Yeah. You don't, you don't even see too much hate for RJ Barrett, uh, you know, anywhere on social media, really from Nick fans and, uh, yeah, just just to, at this point of his development, just great to see that he, he's continuing to take those steps, get better and better, uh, you know, every single night. And he's only going to get better and better. He works hard at it, has the right attitude, like I said, doesn't ever complain, doesn't, you know, look at it as, why does nobody give him my respect? He just goes out there and plays. Not too many young guys do that at all. And he he's certainly one of them. So I'm um, I'm loving every minute of uh, R.J. Barrett's development for sure. It's been a lot of fun to see, and a big big game, big closing moment for us. And um, hopefully tonight he can repeat it with a big performance against the Raptors. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, I agree. He's I mean he's always going to be linked with with Zion and Ja, for sure. And I, as unfair as that might be, yeah. But he's he's always going to be the guy who was picked after that after them and that that's that is kind of unfair as as bad as things might be looking for Zion right now I saw JJ Redick even kind of called him out today saying he needs to get into better shape but
2: I mean that's just he's just embarrassing like I, I don't really understand why people are so hesitant to say it like I I, I mean do, does anybody actually believe that he's working as hard as he can to get back on the court right now I, like I love Zion.
1: I love Zion. I'm a Duke fan. I love yeah. Zion. I would yeah. love to have him on the Knicks, but I mean, he obviously needs to work harder. He definitely you know, does. I, I, and he and I, get, does. I,
3: I I honestly think part of it is that he's just not motivated in New Orleans. he I so maybe, I, 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 I no, just I, I, I hope I, I, that's not it, dude. I that, hope that's is, I, it, that, that is it. That's, that's, he he, does, that's he not wants, not wants it. out. That's he such a
2: that's such an unacceptable. Like I would just if that's the fact, like. I, like, I've seen I like, I, I, I'm i we talked about this on our pod, uh, that dropped today, but like, I see a lot of people, a lot of Knicks fans, and whatever. I, I think some of it is obviously just tongue in cheek, like, haha, like Zion's mm-hmm. gonna come to the Knicks joke stuff. But like, I think there are like, obviously, Knicks fans that really still want him. And the more I just see of it, I'm just like, well, I mean, do we like, do, is this really like, like, y- your entire culture right now that you've like, you know, built up and talk about endlessly is about like, you know, you got to be in shape to play for dibs, everybody works super hard, blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, how does Zion fit into that? And like, I don't care if he's unhappy in New Orleans, because guess what? Like a lot of people in the NBA, especially like I I know there are always people that'll be like, well, you know, it's wrong. Like these guys don't get to pick where they get to play and like live and all this shit. And it's like, all right, look, I get that. It's fine. I understand. Like in an ideal world, like, yes, they would all get to pick and choose where they play. The fact of the matter is like they get paid millions to do this job. They knew what the stakes were when they came in. They knew they don't get to pick where they play. Okay. They know that. If they if that's a problem for them, they don't have to play in the NBA. You don't have to play. Like nobody's forcing you. Um, so you knew what the rules are when you come in. If you don't want to play for it's like you can't, and it, this isn't just like um, like uh, this is not even a case of like, like, you know, I'm again we mentioned this on our pod, but like Mitchell Robinson, his first three years in the NBA, he talked to he's talked about this openly that he like didn't hit the weight room. He did not. Really understand the shape you need to be in to be among the best of the best at your position, whatever position you are, right? And he's made a big deal about that. He's talked about it now. He's like obviously beefed up, and you can see the work he's put in. But I would never say that like Mitchell Robinson was out of shape. Like he was never out of shape. He was in shape. He was definitely a professional athlete. Like Zion isn't even giving you that bare modicum of professionalism of like just showing up in shape. Like I understand if you don't understand in the first couple of years in the league how to be in, like, elite, crazy Jerry Rice running hills in, like, you know, fucking California levels of insane um, physical fitness. But, like, you know, I mean, the guy was in shape at Duke. It's not like like, just be in that shape, you know? And, And sure, he's injured, but, like, guys stay in shape when they're injured all the time. Like, that's kind of your job as a professional athlete. So, I don't know. Like, the Zion stuff to me is just really weird. Like, I don't know what to make of it, but I would not, like, you know, you're talking about if somebody's like trading for him or something like that, like you're talking about giving up a lot for a guy like him. Right. You have to be like you can't trivialize the uh, lack of willingness and desire to be in shape, no matter how unhappy he is in the situation, because oftentimes in sports, you're not going to be happy in your situation, but you have to just make the best of it and improve things. You have to be part of the reason why things change. Right. RJ Barrett came to a pretty shitty Knicks team uh pretty shitty situation with a lot of dysfunction discord whatever he didn't pout and get fat and like quit and you know i just the zion stuff is weird to me i, I don't really like it i don't you get know, it but
0: what i, I, think, I think whatever think... whatever the the reason for him being out of shape is unacceptable whether it's like right matt, matt you have the theory that it said he doesn't want to be in new orleans if that's the case that's obviously unacceptable if it's that he doesn't understand kind of what it takes to be in shape or like what you need to do to keep yourself in shape through an injury that's unacceptable on the part of Zion and the Pelicans because they should be helping their young player through so like I don't know I don't
1: even know don't what's know. going on with yeah that's the problem no like he was hurt it's such a shit he show. had, a, he had a, the, a,
3: a foot surgery Griffin and-
0: Griffin saying you know the day before or I think it was like um media day or training camp or something like that when he was like oh no when i said zion would be back and ready for the season i meant he wouldn't miss the entire season like he he was like doing some like backtracking that was just insane um and now yeah he's gonna be out for probably another month or so it just it makes no sense uh i think like a a lot of people i think on the offseason were thinking that the pelicans might have been able to take a leap this year, just because Zion, when he's healthy and he's in shape on the court, he's a fucking stud. But they're already, this, they're already punting on the season basically by not having Zion for the first couple months. I mean, their season's they're, over. They're, yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's
2: over. You you like, what are they? They're not playing for anything anymore. You can't
0: come back in the West like that, even with the playing games and all that. You can't like have your best player out for two months uh, on a team that desperately needed him in the lineup, and you can't just come back and even challenge for the, for the playoffs or playing or
1: anything. Like, I think they're done. Yeah. Oh.
3: And, and, and Griffin's going whole be
1: now though. Mm-hmm. That, the
0: that
3: whole,
1: is going to come out of this.
3: The whole weight thing with Zion has always been an issue. Uh, even quite frankly, you know, like I've said, I, I covered him in high school. Uh, he, he went to high school 15 minutes from where I work at a radio station. Um, So, you know, he... It's always kind of had this weight thing that even even when he went to Duke, they talked about him getting down to a, a playable, you know, weight thing. And with this injury sitting around, you know, he obviously hasn't been working out, and it is unacceptable. But the point is, I think part of it, and this is not me, you know, even though that I have – I know people around here that I probably could try to find, figure out what what – is it real or not? Uh, of What should we hear about? Is he unhappy there? Uh, but you know, what I think is part of it is that he doesn't want to be there. And this is quite frankly, kind of what is happening in sports really, especially in the NBA nowadays, young players unhappy, they'll force their way out of anyone. it's been happening. It's kind of a theme. It kind of continues to happen. And he's probably going to be pushing his way out of, of new Orleans.
0: He's too Won't young. He, like I, I know what you're saying. I'm not. Porzingis did the same you, thing, but he's too Brzingas young Porzingis did that. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and that. What do we think?
2: Sucked. And what do we think of Porzingis? Yeah, Porzingis. Yeah, Porzingis yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah. sucks. Out. Yeah, you know he he's wanted... following that blueprint. He's and drummer.
1: Porzingis wasn't a generational talent yeah. like we all think Zion is. Yeah, he like, I mean, was. He was at one time
3: at one time everybody thought that the everybody thought. But let's back up and let's be a couple years ago. Before the the injury, before the trade went down, his first little stint with the Knicks, everybody thought he was the greatest thing.
2: I I already, like, I said this at the time of the trade. I didn't see why people, is like, even just, if you just go back to the NBA at the time Porzingis was traded, right off the bat, considering his injury, you would say Carl Anthony Towns is better. Nikola Jokic was better. Um, I mean, Rudy Gobert was clearly better uh bam was better like you can go on and on and on like the list goes on like it's siakam was better um and that's back in 2019 like like i didn't really understand why people persisted with him thinking he was a generational talent at that time like i thought i said it at the time and people like i wrote an article on pnt about it when i was still writing there and a lot of people got pissed at me there they are like oh you're just being a homer and you're like whatever like you're just trying to justify it but i was like basically what i said is he would do extremely well to ever reach the level Chris Bosh did on on the Miami Heat as a third banana, just kind of like being a great rim protector and a floor spacer. Like he would do very, very well to reach that level. And the reason I said that is because like, I I mean, people forget this now because people don't remember that he played in Toronto for so long, but like Bosh was like a fucking 20, like he was like a 25 and 10 guy for multiple years. He was a three or four time All Star, I think, before he even got to Miami. Like, for Porzingis to get to that level, I mean, I just never saw it. And then, like, you know, I mean, whatever. Fuck Porzingis. And, like, he, he's an idiot. Thank you. Thank, thanks to him for helping us uh, reset the entire franchise. So, uh, shout out to him and his idiot brother. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, look, Zion is generational talent who's currently playing, at, you know, he looks like a fucking he could play right guard, uh, for a football team right now in the yeah. NFL. Uh, and like, it's just, I don't know, like, I don't know what is going on with him. I am sure he's unhappy, but, uh, you know, do you want to be unhappy and piss away your career? Like, cause, because it's not just being out of shape. It's also like the injury risk he carries specifically mm. because of his explosiveness as an athlete. I mean, he's already putting an insane amount of pressure on his knees and lower body with kind of just like the freakish explosiveness he has right Uh, now you start adding weight to it and it's not good weight. This is not like he added muscle because of a specific plan that they sat down with a nutrition nutritionist or something like that. Like this is like, you know, it's bad weight. Uh, And if he has to play himself back into shape, like I think he's probably putting himself at more risk of further injury and not just that but also like potentially cutting down the length of his career because you know if there is a comparison of Porzingis here it's how uh that injury that he suffered it, it might have limited his career it might have limited his ceiling but also might have i mean look he's consistently been dealing with a variety of injuries since that right he's already like a huge gigantic freakish human being who kind of needed a lot of things to go right to maximize the longevity of his career um you know so we're already seeing how that's playing out like with Zion you don't want the same thing to play uh to play out and like I mean to my knowledge he hasn't suffered anything near as severe as an ACL tear but like you're playing with fire when you are in this type of physical condition and you're you know you're, you're just that type of athlete he is I don't know it's just like you would hope at some point he just kind of like is like all right like You know whether I want to be here or not. This is what I need to do to maximize my own career.
3: Yeah, it's one of those things, though. That you know, I James Harden last year, right before he got traded. You know, I don't, I don't know if he was wearing a fat suit or what. You know, out there, but everybody's (laughs) seen the jumpsuit. (laughs) Those things were great. You (laughs) know, but I mean, it's one way to get out. Honest. And again, I don't. I don't know for sure. So I'm not trying to be that, you know, that guy that says I got sources that are telling me, you know, because I have I know people around the area that are family, close friends, blah, blah, blah. I have not talked to any of, I am not claiming to be that guy that's got inside information on it. Just, I I just feel that this is part of I uh, I don't want to be here. Um, so I am going to be lazy and you know, and the, is somebody if, if the Pelicans decide to trade Zion, a team would make the trade, obviously. And if, do that. 100% if, you know what I mean? Like obviously, you know, so motivated and he's out there. Like Danny said, guys, a stud. I mean he's an absolute stud. The limited time that we have seen him play, he puts up numbers every single night. Uh, but the weight thing, though, unfortunately, I think it's something that he he's always going to battle. And he has battled it ever since he was coming out of high school. Uh, but, yeah, I agree that it it's something that he needs to get under control because it can shorten his career. Uh, you know, if he stays at this weight or even at the weight that he has been at playing, he's going to have some injuries. I mean, that's just, that's too big of a body to to uh, continue to have that wear and tear like that and that explosiveness and not tear something like an ACL or something major at being at that playing weight. He needs to get to a, uh, you know, I I don't know, a 250, 260 uh, kind of weight because right now he's looking like a guy that's close to 300 pounds. I mean, it's bad. It's real bad. So If we were doing a
0: redraft today and you had the first pick, who, who, I'd still take him.
1: I'm still taking Zion. Him. Yeah, yeah that, that's I not even a question. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a hard choice. It'd yeah. be a hard choice. You know, Danny because you I, know love Ar- you I love of? RJ so much, but I think I'd still take him.
3: It, you know, Danny, it reminds me of like Beckton from the Twin. Would mm-hmm. you would
1: you take
2: RJ over Zion?
3: Overweight. First Uh
2: right now, like in retrospect.
0: Yeah, like yeah, if like if you were knowing doing what, knowing what we know now.
2: Uh I mean, I think like if you're sitting here knowing what we know now, um, yeah, I probably would um but like like i love i love shitting on david griffin but like i will never i'll never criticize him for that because yeah
0: yeah it's hard you to, couldn't yeah, yeah i'm, I'm it's 2020
2: and and not just that like even if you knew that he had issues with his weight and stuff like that you would always bet on like okay mm-hmm. but he's this crazy talent and we think if you get him in our program we'll be able to get him in shape and all that kind of stuff like you have to bet on that. So I'll I'll never criticize them for that. And like honestly I think I'd, I'm definitely the minority opinion of like I would take RJ Barrett over him right now. I mean I would I would definitely take John Morant over him right now uh mm-hmm. if you did a redraft. Yeah. And I think RJ Barrett uh by the end of the season I don't think that it'll be that crazy of an assertion um cuz like yeah I mean look it's not a it's not just like mere coincidence and luck and you know things like that that RJ Barrett is having you know it, he's on track to have the type of career and longevity that he's looks like he's going to have compared to whatever it is. Zion's going to have um, because Zion, look like there's, we wouldn't be the first player in NBA history to completely fail to live up to lofty expectations due to his own lack of professionalism. Right. I mean, that that's happened all the time. Um, so you hope it doesn't happen because you know, there's a hell of a player in there. And even though like, the defense hasn't translated like we thought offensively he's been a stud every time he's on the court, but he's got to stay on the court.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And Danny, that's what I was kind of referencing to before, Uh, you know, reminds me of Becton, you know, came into the season a little overweight and then first game has that, you know, dislocated knee. Uh, And I know that could be, you know, just uh, that happens in football type thing, but, you know, that's a guy who seems to be injured. Every other play. Yeah. Uh, since he's been in the league, I think, I think that, every other play. I he's think that, that
0: was kind of just a, a free. I think, yeah, by the time the yeah. season rolled around, I think he, right. was, he was in decent shape. But, but yeah, no, nah, always those, those guys and would like not to go too far off in the football, but you're right. When Beckton was coming in, you know, because what's he like, six foot seven, you know, 350, or whatever, he's right. a monster anytime you have a guy with that kind of build you're going to be you're going to be concerned about about injuries um yeah. you know and and really you can you can extrapolate that out to a ton of different like physiques and stuff you could even make an argument that john morant's build is and the way he plays you know so high flying and always trying to get in the rim you could even make the argument that you know he could end up getting banged up just because he's not the biggest guy um, I mean, I was in MSG a couple of years ago when he was playing there and I would, like walked by him in the locker room and it's like striking how small he is. Like, he, yeah, I'm not saying he's like not strong or like he's frail, but he's just compared to an NBA body compared to an NBA body. He's uh, a, yeah. He's he's not a big guy.
3: If you didn't um, know who he was, he walked into the YMCA, you're thinking this guy, you know, he's just a regular player. But you know and that's yeah, you know, just going back a to, skill set that you know going is back ridiculous. to
0: what, what we were saying about RJ before, just how so physical, um, he's got that durability. Just looking it up, I think he's missed ten games in his career so far. Um, and Ja and uh Zion are obviously. Zion, obviously, way past that, but I think Ja is as well. Yeah, it has looks he like he missed
1: a lot of games. I didn't think he'd miss ja, not,
0: John, ja, not by much. I think it looks like he missed like four or five. His thing is out tonight. Year. Yeah, he's not. He high got high.
3: hurt last year at the beginning of the year. Yeah, season. he missed. He missed they, like, they thought it was more serious than what yeah, it was. He, he missed yeah. four
0: games at the beginning of last year, and then he was like inactive and one down the stretch. So, um, Ja, I mean, Ja has been healthy, and I'm obviously not like wishing ill on anyone but uh no. i think if you're looking at those three guys just barrett's barrett's durability is the one that i would bet on
1: yeah just because of the way Ja plays too mm-hmm. so reckless and stuff too you're concerned about that but yeah it's very R- I mean, rj R- very- R- is the safest bet i would say at least from,
0: you know, like, the high-flying point guard kind of thing. Very I mean, der- der- Derrick Rose-ish, young Derek Rose-ish. To yeah. Me. The,
2: the thing with RJ that, like, <clears throat> that was always clear is, and I, like, I, I've infamously, uh, i infamously, I like Jared Culver a little bit more than RJ in that draft. But, like, I mean, the thing that I always thought was pretty obvious with him was, like, like he was a safe bet. Like, there was literally oh. no chance to me that RJ Barrett was going to be a bust. Like, he was 100%, no matter what, going to be in the league for, like, 12 to 15 years. That was just that. I mean, you just look at him. I mean, he was already like in elite physical shape coming out of college. Like, I mean, you look at the minutes he played last year as a 20 year old, he played what, like 30 some 35 minutes a game or something. And it's like, these are not just like 35 minutes for some bullshit team. That's like not trying. This is like 35 minutes playing for Tibbs who is like making you execute the defensive scheme to a T and, you know, being the second or third option, however you want to ostensibly rank that out last year uh, for, for the team, like these are like very hard, grueling minutes he was playing. And to be able to do that without really suffering for it at that age is like, you know, there's a kind of misconception that like young guys can just come in and run forever. And like, yeah, if, if it was just a running drill, sure, they would probably have an advantage, but like the NBA is also a physical grind. And the fact that he was able to just do that basically from day one, stepping into the NBA is, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like I I really don't think people have a full grasp of like how incredible of a, I mean, it's weird to talk about RJ like as a physical specimen. And I think that's because he's not like a high flying athlete, but like he is a physical specimen. I mean, he is, he's like, looks like a fucking He's built like Jimmy Butler and he's 21 years old. Like the guy is a tank. Uh, and he was a tank the day he came in the league. I mean, his rookie year, I'm sure you guys remember this the game against Houston. He literally just bullied PJ mm. Tucker and like yeah. basically elbowed him to the ground. Which just like PJ Tucker is a strong ass dude. Like, and he bullied him. Like, that is crazy. That is for a fucking 19 year old to do that is, I, I, honestly like how many wings in the nba do you think would even like can bully can bully rj is it is it like lebron and that's it i, I genuinely I mean, that's about it to me why probably yeah i mean dang, i dang. thought I, I thought Kawhi could but then it, like the second time they played last year oh, Kawhi yeah. tried... he
1: he played him really well yeah
2: yeah and Kawhi yeah. tried posting him up and all of a sudden he was like wait why why are you not going anywhere why? Why are you just? Yeah. Why are you able to hold me up right now? Yeah. I don't
3: like. I, I still think. I still think though, Kawhi is the guy that that is one of I the think, best at getting into oh, yeah. the spot. Yeah, Kawhi. I mean? Kawhi, Kawhi, I, Kawhi is amazing. It's,
0: it's a tough matchup, but I I definitely agree with what you're saying, Schwin. It wouldn't be like
3: he's nobody, overpowered. Nobody can,
1: yeah, right. nobody can really. Nobody can overpower handle. him. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. Yeah. he did to Tatum point. was so jarring. That was he, amazing.
2: He, he's oh probably God. like he's probably such an annoying player to play against. He's defending you because he doesn't gamble like you can't beat him because he's gambling or he doesn't commit stupid fouls like he doesn't reach in which is like so like that's why i think a lot of advanced defensive metrics probably don't love him because he's not generating Mm -hmm. events but like steals and
0: deflections yeah yeah but like it's it's
2: i mean he's literally just mirrors guys his ability to do that is incredible and like you know he's also he's gotten a lot better now at fight at like navigating over screens like he stays attached to his man i i just honestly like it's kind of insane to just think about like what he already is as a player because what he already is to me right now is at the minimum if you swapped him out for mccall bridges in the sun's lineup would they drop a beat i don't think so i really don't and like you know, uh, Mikhail Bridges is like a player who a lot of people love. And, you know, he got, he got a, I think, he, what did he get? Four years, 80 million or whatever the, hell the fuck he yeah. got.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: like, I, I mean, I, I think RJ didn't be much better than that, obviously. Uh, I just think he's like way more dynamic and creative as a player, but like, just like, that's what I'm saying. Like that his floor is basically a starting wing on a team, like, yeah, which is or on a contending team, on a, which yeah, is, on
0: a legit yeah. playoff team with, yeah. Aspirations,
2: yeah. Like I think that's, you know, is that the sexiest uh, thing to say about a player entering his third year of his career? No, but like, it's not like we're saying that's all he is. I'm just saying like that is the baseline he's established for himself today. Um, can he become more? Will he become more? I certainly I mean, look. We all saw the Pelicans game and I, and we saw the Bulls game. Uh, in some ways, the Bulls game might have been might have been even yeah. more impressive mm-hmm. because he didn't have the pull up shooting going. And you still felt like at various points that game, I felt like, wow, he looks like the best player on the floor right now. Uh, and, you know, that's, he was definitely the best player on the floor against the Pelicans. Uh, which, you know, not that the Pelicans were running out their their most talented lineup, but mm, uh, the Knicks yeah. certainly were. The Knicks certainly were, and he looked better
3: than all of those guys. Yeah, You know, I gotta say this, though. I, I never doubted R.J. Barrett, and I never doubted Mike White. I never looked (laughs) (laughs) at my family members yesterday and said, guys, today is the day we lose by 50. I didn't say that. I said, (laughs) I said, today Mike White's throwing 400 yards, three touchdowns, gonna lead a fourth quarter comeback. I mean, I called it. If if Mike White,
2: I mean, look, he's not gonna throw for 400 yards and whatever, all the shit he did, but like if he just (laughs) plays. As a good starter, right? Like, well, who are they? Who are the Jets playing next weekend?
3: Uh, we uh it's Thursday Col- night Sunday. Sunday. yeah.
2: Oh, Carolina, or is it Carolina or who? No, we call Carolina
3: open this week, the Colts. Okay,
2: so let's let's whatever. He has let's say he has another good game. I mean, like, I don't like I, I know this would be it would some people would probably freak out about it. I don't think it would be a bad idea to just be like, yeah, look, Zach, like you're still our guy moving forward, but like, you know, just sit on the bench for a little bit and watch this guy play and like. The game might slow down for you. Like, um, I'm a Bills fan. So uh, Josh Allen's rookie year, we kind of had to start him because Nathan Peterman was absolutely garbage. His five Uh, picks in the first quarter. Oh, my God. I remember that. Super awful. But, like, uh, I mean, and we had this really weird, random, fluky win over Minnesota early that year where Josh just played out of of his mind. But, like, you could tell the game was really moving fast for him at that time. Uh, And then he got hurt and he had to sit out, like, four weeks. When he came back, he looked a lot better. Um, still, obviously, I mean, he's obviously improved way more since then. But, like, he looked better than he did uh, to start the year, and he specifically mentioned, like, it helped him kind of get on the field and then miss time and just kind of, like, see the game from that view. And I think, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks have talked about that. So, like, mm-hmm. I kind of, like, with the Jets, it's weird because, I mean, it. I, I thought when I, not, again, I'm not watching the jets with like the keenest eye here, but when I watched them early in this season, I was like, man, Michael Lefleur might completely fucking suck. And I think that was a sentiment shared by a lot of jets fans. Yes. And, everyone pretty yeah. much. Yeah.
0: And, and I think <laughs> no one wanted like, to blame Zach. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: And, and I think like what you saw yesterday is okay. Maybe LaFleur's offense isn't complete garbage, right? It's like, maybe Zach is just missing some reads that like that, that yeah. could, make things look better. Does that mean LaFleur is amazing? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, I think you're seeing a guy who sat on the bench What he's been on the bench mm. for like three years, basically. He's uh, has practice had to,
0: squad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, has yeah had had to study squad f- with Dallas yeah. then came here and yeah, yeah. He's, been around. He's, he's
2: done nothing but like sit in the film room, study, watch guys play. Right. And learn from them. And like, he comes in the game. I actually thought he looked pretty decent against new England. Um, mm-hmm. he did. And, yeah. And then obviously this week he goes bananas against the Bengals, but like, you can just kind of see like, i'm pretty confident the league at some point like you get enough film on the guy like Mm -hmm. i'm not expecting him to become the franchise quarterback but um but like you can see what that has helped done for him in that time and you know you give zach wilson some time with his physical talent uh i mean i just think that like if that's how it plays out i when i'm a jets fan i really would try not to freak out about it because i don't think it's that big of a deal. Fucking Aaron Rodgers didn't play for what, well, like three years? Yeah, it. than like that. it's fine. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I think. Fine. Yeah, I think if like if the Jets were to, I mean, they're ten and 10 and a half point dogs again against the Colts on the short week. So which Jesus, I, Christ, that seems really? that seems high to me. But that aside, if they were to come in, they steal mm-hmm. a win against the Colts. Carson Wentz shits himself, or you know whatever happens, Jets win. Does Wentz awesome. things? But yeah, it does Mike does yeah. Wentz things exactly? Yeah, <laughs> and then Mike White has like a, a solid game. Like I'm not asking four hundred yards, three TDs solid game they win i would be on board with like yeah you know what like zach you're still you're still the guy of the future like we're not getting rid of you or looking to trade you but if mike white's playing well it it's not gonna kill zach wilson to be sitting on the sideline and it's this is also the nfl mike white could he could be playing take a hit and then he's out and wilson's got to go back in like it, having having mike white playing well is a good problem to
2: have
1: well, I, like
0: I the, it also right, helps I'll you know,
2: evaluate apart. other parts of your team yeah, too you could you could yeah. tell
0: you could see you know like i don't I, like i haven't watched like rewatch the game or anything but like you can look and like be like all right was tyler croft was he actually terrible in these first few weeks <laughs> or is it just like now oh, he's tyler somebody croft. who's like like actually throwing the ball I would probably lean towards Tyler Croft is not the answer at tight end,
3: but <laughs> yes. you at least get
0: to, but he's functional. You at, yeah. You at least get to like, but see, I, I think a, 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 when your a, offense is humming like that, you can see how guys play.
3: I, I think a, a part of it is as we keep saying, like if Mike White plays well to me, all that means is you don't have to rush Zach back. Yeah. Right? That's like, right. like there's a lot of this. I believe that Zach would be able to play after this Indianapolis game. Like, you know, have, I'm, have, I'm a Bills have, fan.
2: Have... I, I promise you, you do not want to play Zach Wilson against the Bills defense. Yeah, no,
3: like that I just, was, I want no.
1: Colin like, no. McDavid oh, you know, is no. like
2: he's like his record against rookie quarterbacks. His one loss to rookie quarterback, funny enough, is Sam Darnold. But that was also when Josh Allen was rookie. That was, um, that, yeah. So that like was
0: the last game of the season, Bills yeah, like had nothing care, to play for. Care, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: So like it's just it's just really like he. I mean, trust me. Like a. Hey, like there's, I know, because I remember they, they didn't put him on IR and I saw like, I saw a lot of Jets fans like, oh, he could be back for the Bills game. And I'm like, maybe, I'd maybe tell Zach to, to get himself right for an extra week for that one.
0: Yeah, because then you can go, <laughs> you can go Mike White, the Colts. Then you go Mike White against the Bills. Mike White gets destroyed by the Bills because they're the Bills are just very good. And then you can, then you can kind of like say like, all right, now it's time to bring Zach back. And then you right. have the Dolphins, Texans, Eagles. So. Uh, I know the Eagles just had a big win or whatever, but I'd I'd much prefer to bring back Zach on uh, on a Dolphins game rather than the Bills right now.
3: Right. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and, and I it's, think yesterday as well, I felt like they just simplified the offense. Like they ran screen passes. I mean, they dumped it off to Carter like eight times. Like they just had different kind of ways to disguise the screen as well, and had different guys coming underneath and just quick short throws and. I felt like simplifying the offense. It makes me wonder, is it already been like that? And Zach is just the guy that's focusing too much on that home run ball type thing. Yes, or, absolutely. You know be, like, like, you know, oh, cause because, he just, because you can see
2: it, like you could see it. Like I, again, I'm not like, I, I most of the time, like most NFL games, like I'll just watch the, cause they put up the YouTube, like 13 minute highlights or whatever after. Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, but like all the like, and, and Zach Wilson's like arm talent is awesome. Like, it is really, really impressive. But, like, all of the wow throws, there's one, there's literally one wow throw he made from the pocket this entire season that has impressed me. It was against, it was that win against the Titans where he threw like a uh, out. It was, oh, yeah,
0: overtime. Yeah. I think it was Keelan Cole. Yeah, it was a yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. But,
2: but, but, like, every other, room. every other wow play I've seen from him has been like he rolls out of the pocket and he's making something happen. Like, yeah. Like it, to me, he looks exactly like what you would have expected of him. Like he's, he was considered a raw prospect arm talent needed time to kind of like, you know, figure it out. Like that's what he looked like. And, and I think, you know, the offense probably looked better and simpler. Like, look, there's stuff. I mean, what was it? What was the London game? Uh, They played was the Falcons. And like, he had, like you talked about the screen passes, Matt, like, he had a couple of screen passes in that game that he just like airmailed. Throw.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: And so like, to me, like it's weird because people see that and they're like, Oh my God, this guy sucks. I don't think people understand how hard some of those touch passes are for, for quarterbacks. And when you've probably just been able to like gun it wherever you want uh, at lower levels, you don't have to develop that kind of finer touch passing. Um, like Josh couldn't throw a fucking screen or any, like, he literally could not mm. throw ball, like throw the ball very well at all as a rookie like threw the ball a little bit better as a second year player. And then last year and now like you see like, wow, like he's able to make like deft touch passes and shit. Like you would have never expected from him before. Like I, it's like, it's Zach Wilson's probably going to develop those areas of his game. And it sounds stupid that like, why can't he do that right now? But like, I, again, like, I just think those, those things are a lot harder than, than they look. And like, there's a reason why, certain quarterbacks are really good at screen passes right like Mahomes is like really really good at screen passes and it's not just because like Andy Reid is some magician of like calling them but it's also because he's really good at like drawing the defensive linemen and then like floating it over and letting his running back you know kind of square up to, to it's it's there's a lot of like small little I mean it's a game of inches right they always say that so it's like do you, if you throw it to his back shoulder, is he able to gain 15 yards? Whereas if you throw it to his front, like, yeah, he's able to just go. Um, so stuff like that, you know, I wouldn't worry. I really would not worry too much if I was a Jets fan about Zach Wilson. I would just be like, yeah, he's a rookie who is figuring shit out. Like, you know, like yeah. even the Patriots game, people were like, yeah. oh, my God, four interceptions. Like, dude, Bill Bel- Belichick against a yeah. rookie? Like, yeah, that's going to happen. That's just yeah, what it it's is.
0: Just like, listen, uh- <laughs> and you're a Bills guy. We're all Jets guys. We've we've seen enough Bill Belichick games where he just comes in and clowns the other team. Like I, I don't take it. Did personally.
3: it yesterday to Herbert. Yeah, 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 I to don't Herbert. Take
0: it, yeah, I don't take it personally anymore.
3: Yeah, yeah <laughs> it I mean, cost me money. I gambled on that. That was one of my games. I took. I, I got into the gambling for the first time. Uh, you know, got the the. the uh, well, Titans you've been
2: hanging around with Chip and Danny, right? Yeah. So congratulations! Now, <laughs> no, we're indoctrinating. It. Against...
3: <laughs> Dang it! I hate the Patriots. God. Yeah, you, bet a, uh, you
1: bet against the Patriots. That was yeah, your first yeah, bet. That, that's, yeah,
2: why not? Well, why that's, not? That's, I was. That's, that's, that's the that's the first rule of gambling. Don't bet against the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I, I mean that that game was that was a weird game. Um, but Herbert was like he looked. I mean, look. He's. This is another thing too. It's like guys are like. Like they wanted to anoint him uh, two weeks that. ago. Herbert yeah. was MVP, right? According right. to it's, everybody, because he's, he's a second-year quarterback. The yeah, it's like he's second. Even like like Tua. Like I'm not a big Tua fan. I don't really believe in him. But it's like I see people already like he's a bust. Like he's terrible. He's never gonna get better. And like I'm not impressed with his physical tools. But like there's stuff he could do in terms of reading the game. He can definitely get better at. And like he's not like a disaster. You know, like he's not like out there. And you're like, is this guy like even an NFL player? Like he? No, he just he's a second-year player let these guys figure it out it's fine you don't need to come No, what like there's like no quarterbacks then in NFL history have come in and just been like gangbusters from from year one Mahomes is like the only one that and, and Lamar Jackson are the only two that like I can remember even in year two like you know killing it um it's usually like year three year four where you really see a progression so I don't really you know I think I think people went a little crazy this year with this draft class of quarterbacks where it was like, oh, Trevor Lawrence is going to come in and just like turn around the Jaguars. Yeah, light it on. Yeah. You know, Urban Myers. Zach Wilson is be incredible. Yeah. 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 Zach Wilson's yeah. Mormon Mahomes. And it's like, yeah. guys, just <laughs> relax. Like, just calm down. It'll be all right.
3: Now, Danny, and Chip, quick question. Am I crazy here? Monday night game tonight, Giants, Chiefs, Chiefs, nine and a half point favorite. Don't bet the Giants. I, don't pet the Giants, well, the Chiefs never cover actually
2: Sharps are all over the Giants, man that got bet mm-hmm. down for yeah, ten and a half
3: yeah I got I'm I'm, yeah, the, that's I'm, true. I'm I'm putting a little bit on the Giants today if I lose this then you know I, by, I by the I point man by the bed. by the point though yeah get thought, up
0: to okay. ten because i I don't try I, I I don't trust the Giants but also i'm I'm not gonna bet on it just because I took Chiefs and my two two of my survivor entries this week so.
2: Their defense is so
0: bad, but
3: it was like. Danny, a, are you in the one where you can win a Las Vegas trip?
0: No. Like as no.
3: A okay. Yahoo has, a, only. has where you can win a Vegas trip if you make it through survival football. Forty-eight percent of people that remain took the Bengals. So Ooh, that's why well, I, I would yep.
0: never take. I would never bet against the Jets. And a no, survivor, I won't do it either. But um yeah. that's why I was like all in on the jets winning yesterday. I like aside from just being a fan. Cause I knew everybody was going to, it was like half, half the pool. I'm in took Bengals.
2: And did you bet that
0: I did. I took,
2: well, I didn't, I bet didn't, the I, jets money
0: line just yeah. On, on my own. But I also, I knew a lot of people were going to be on the Bengals.
2: What, what was, what were your odds? On that? I was like, well, plus four.
0: I think I got it plus. Yeah. Like plus four 15 or something like Jesus. that. Jesus. So, yeah, nice it, 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 it was nice. But I mean, I like, I usually bet the jets spread, but the, I don't know what it was this week. I was just like
3: I almost backup quarterback.
0: Work. No one expects the Jets. Like everyone is anointing the Bengals as the best team in the AFC when like just because they be, they win one game against uh or like they blow out uh what was it the Ravens? I was That like, was a cl- weird
2: game. That was a very yeah, weird I was game. Yeah, like
0: class this is a classic trap game where no one expects the Jets to, to win that. So just put like a little bit of a little bit of money in so you know, just figured to see what happened. Be rooting for the Jets
3: anyway. I, I thought about doing the line, but I didn't do it because, like I said, when I said I never doubted them, I, I, I kind of lied about that, guys. I don't, I don't know if you guys yeah. believe me, but I was I was doubting them real hard. Um, that, doesn't sound,
0: that doesn't sound like you. Not me.
3: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very, very optimistic about things. So I was a little pessimistic yesterday for sure. Uh, but, you know, hey, I'm glad they won. They got that. That was a lot of fun. Great game to watch. Uh, now today, I think I'm gonna go with the Giants here. But let me tell you about a bad bet I seen. Somebody put down a bet on Mims to catch a touchdown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bet they put down, what it was like a ten dollar bet. They would have won eighteen hundred dollars, and the man dropped the damn ball in the end zone. That was
2: ridiculous. I,
3: oh my god. That's if that that's was one. Me, my TV would have been shattered.
2: That's that's one where you kind of because I've seen a lot of Jets fans like why isn't Mims playing why isn't Mims playing and I'm just like He's probably doing something in practice they don't like. Yeah, or, I was, or or like he's not doing anything in practice. Yeah. <laughs> just like, it's just just people want to that...
3: work out so bad that we don't have another receiver that just didn't work out because we have a long list of drafting receivers. that oh, yeah, I mean, us, so yeah, who's that's the, all who, that is.
2: Who was the Georgia Tech guy, Stephen? Uh-uh, no. Oh my Steve. god, did not even mention
3: him. Oh my god, I started cursing out the TV for not taking <laughs> Alshon Jeffries. Who was taken next? Don't even, don't even get me. St- oh god, that guy. Oh, he, he didn't even head.
1: catch the ball in college like he <laughs> yeah. played
3: a triple I, I option offense. offense yes that yeah. a triple option offense and you're going <laughs> to draft the guy because he could run straight like I, 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 great. Hey, Alshon he Jeffrey's going against eight. Uh, I can't SEC. even joke no. about that. He had two. He had two, he had two in, his,
0: in his Jets debut, though. Put <laughs> yeah. some respect on Hill's name. No, two, no, uh, two I wish, I, I wish
1: Alex and John were here to talk God, about. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they Have right. so uh, much out uh, of Yeah, we're off the rails here now. Yeah, yeah it's a podcast. I have
1: a, I have a great Mac pick. This is what this is what happens when we. this is what happens when
0: we when we record on the Monday yeah and And, and well i guess and the jets when the jets Jets don't win win. we don't talk kind of have to right we don't we don't don't mention football yeah
2: Yeah. i'm sure i'm sure you didn't talk about the pats game too much
3: no 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 No, no. what pats game yeah it never happened it's a myth which one didn't happen (laughs) fake but uh really quick before we wrap it up tonight we got the raptors uh little predictions i think the Knicks win uh I think Randall Barnes has. is out officially, by the way. Yeah. Barnes, yes. okay. Barnes done. I think Randall has a big scoring night tonight. I think he gets back on track. I think the Knicks win. That's that's my little.
0: Yeah. I, I, my only prediction would just be that I think RJ is going to be a little quieter uh, in this game than he was the last couple ones because we were just, you know, heaping so much praise on him in this pod. Mm-hmm. So people, people will be listening to this in the morning going like, what are they talking about? RJ sucks again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the Raptors are going to key on RJ in this one after what he just did too. So I think it's possible. You're right. Randall could have a big game, but I think the Knicks do win. They're, they're pretty big favorites. So I like the Knicks to win this one too. snap the Raptors win streak.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of like the Knicks a lot tonight. Uh, this just feels like a pretty, pretty good spot for them. They're the spread moved up from seven to seven and a half. Uh, yeah. So they're getting action. Uh, I just, I don't know. I like this matchup. Toronto gives up a ton of corner threes. The Knicks haven't been hunting for them as much this year. Uh, that's a lot to do with the fact that Fournier and Kemba can just shoot from mm-hmm. above, the, above the break. But like, we know RJ is good from there. Uh, Randall's probably been at his best this year from the corners, but he hasn't gotten a lot of those shots. Um I just, I like this matchup for them. I don't think, especially with Barnes out, there's really like, I mean, Fred Van Vliet's going to drive 35 times in the game. Like, who are they kicking to? They don't really have a lot of shooters. It's like Van Vliet and Gary Trent. And that's, that's it, I think, really, of the, the guys they have that you would be scared of getting hot from beyond the arc. Um, I I don't know. I just, I just like the Knicks today. It feels like a game where they just come out and, and actually stamp their, th- I mean, look, I think. We all are getting a little carried away with like, oh my god, they can't hold leads; they're blowing leads. Like, and then if you just kind of like look, at, I just look, I I do it too. I and I do think they are guilty of like, you know, taking their foot off the pedal in some of these games. Um, definitely the New Orleans one; they clearly just had no respect for that team at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have like the fifth or sixth best net, net rating in the league. Like, they, this is not like this is a league now where nobody wants to tank no like nobody is trying to tank anymore. If you kind of look at it, um, all these teams are trying to win, especially early in the season. That's always the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they're six in that rating, but like this one just feels like a game where I think Julius gets some of his, you know, he's, he wants to get some of the, the, the good feeling back after that shitty end of the Chicago game and kind of struggling a bit in new Orleans. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel good about Julius tonight. I feel good about the Knicks. I think they cover, I think they cover pretty big too. I will say that. I think it's a double digit win, maybe even like 20.
0: Yeah. I don't think wow. there's as much, there's as much, uh, I guess, like danger for a letdown like there was against the Magic a couple of weeks ago or right. whatever that was. Uh, just, I mean, the Raptors, I know they're, they're kind of in like a transitional phase almost, if you want to say it now, mm-hmm. but they're still like the Raptors have been very good the last few years. I don't think like the Knicks will see them across the floor from them and and like kind of overlook them
2: yeah the division yeah. game too division exactly. games yeah. have like a little bit more mm-hmm. tension to them and like here's the other thing too about the new orleans game which is fucking crazy by the way rose quickly burks and randall basically just took gigantic shits on the court and did nothing offensively and we put up 123 like right mm-hmm. and the pelicans like say whatever you want about them if you actually look at like where they rank in the nba right now um you know, I mean, their defense, the game before, I think they held the Kings to, like, 103. I think the game before that, they held, you know, the, the Timberwolves to, like, 90-something. Uh, I mean, they, they don't rank very high in, in defense rating, but they had been a little frisky. Uh, Toronto's been frisky. I think losing Barnes is a big deal. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth, which we talked about a little bit. They, I mean, they're not even playing Malachi Flynn for whatever reason. Uh, I, I know they're seventh, they're seventh in net rating, actually, right now. Uh, or sorry, uh seventh in defensive rating right now. But it feels a little fluky to me. I don't know. This this one just feels like a game that some of the some of the early season you, you what do you call it? Uh where you separate the cream the the, the cream rises to the top. Like I think yeah. I think you're gonna see yeah. the Knicks are just a clearly better team regardless of what the metrics say
3: at this point in time. Yeah. Uh but I think that's it for today. I think that's where we'll kind of leave it. Uh, you know, want to thank uh, Swinny Pooh for joining us on here. So, if you haven't followed him yet on Twitter, that's at Swinny Pooh. I just actually gave you a follow myself. Appreciate uh, it. Appreciate uh, yeah. you jumping well, on I'm, with us. I'm gonna. I'm
2: looking forward to listening to this when the Knicks somehow lose this
3: game by like five points. Or so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I would cry. I would cry. Uh But. Had a lot of fun today. Apologize again for the start. I kind of was like in and out of things. Had a little bit of a issue at, at, at the radio station, and it's it's a playoff week for us, so they were kind of important, and they were freaking out. They were they're in the middle of hosting their show, so I had to uh, go in and get that fixed for them. But multitasker. Um, yeah, I, I t- today has been that day where things just don't work right, and I'm just I've been it just it's just it's it hasn't been good. So hopefully the Knicks can make it a little bit better with the win uh today against the Raptors but let's leave it there we'll wrap it up and we'll be back soon with another episode of the next state of mind podcast